Welcome to Relationship Workout for Men, a podcast dedicated to helping men be intentional in choosing a better partner and being a better partner for the person they choose. Season 7, Episode 6, The Eight Principles for Fair Cooperation. I won't lie. Finding fair cooperation day-to-day in a committed relationship can have its shares of tough moments. Let's say you both have to go into the office with important meetings on each of your calendars, but your child wakes up sick and can't go to school. Who stays home? Is it more fair for you to stay home or your wife, based on what criteria? To help work through those moments when fair cooperation can be put to the test, here are eight principles to fall back on to help the what could be a difficult conversation. Principle number one, equality. Everyone comes to a relationship with various assets and debts as seen from a social perspective. For instance, some may come with lots of money or education, therefore the promise of making lots of money, while some may come with children from other relationships. It's certainly true that an individual may bring more strength in one area than another, and these strengths can be applied when choosing roles. For example, if the guy really knows his plumbing, then it might be a natural fit for him to fix the leaky faucet. Regardless, however, the fundamental assertion made here is that if two people come into a relationship, then they are both equal within the eyes of what constitutes fairness. Basically, if I think I'm somehow better than you, or I think you're lucky to be with me, then I might think it's only fair that I get more than you. This approach fundamentally can lead to unfair demands. In other words, with principle number one, equality, neither person is somehow entitled to take more advantage than the other when it comes to realizing fair cooperation within the relationship. Principle number two, veil of ignorance. This principle asks, what would you say is a fair assignment of rights and duties and a fair distribution of benefits and burdens if you didn't know how the decision might impact you personally? Asked another way, what would a set of impartial observers say is a fair resolution to the dilemma that's currently on the table? The point here is that what we think is fair is often influenced by our points of view and how a decision will affect us. Principle number two, Veil of Ignorance, asserts choices should be made independently of each person's circumstances so that no one is biased in what they think is fair and unfair when differences exist and compromises need to be found. Principle number three, Rational Thought. It's important that these principles be applied from a place of rational thought. If one is being controlled by ego-driven demons, then it can be difficult to impossible to champion fair compromise. After all, one's demons and ego can control one to fight like mad to win and to be right, regardless of what might be fair within the principle of the veil of ignorance. What this means is that if a person is sideways with negative emotions, then it may be best to take a time out and reconvene the discussion when a more rational approach can be taken. Principle number four, obligations clean slate. Unfortunately, a set of universally agreed upon dating obligations didn't come down from a mountain set in stone. For instance, are you obligated to be honest, faithful, and fulfill your promises? Well, one might think so, but you can't really assume the other person is playing by all the same rules. For instance, are white lies okay? During dating, when do you start being monogamous? 
principle number four obligations clean slate basically states that you can't assume you're on the same page per each person's obligations. In addition, the obligations can change as you enter different phases of dating and being in a relationship. Put simply, you both need to continue to discuss the obligations and agree to what's fair. Principle number five, no coercion. Certainly it can't be considered fair if a person is coerced, whether through aggression or more refined tactics such as tears, to concede to an unfair promise or obligation. For instance, if she threatens to withhold sex to get you to acquiesce to her demands, then this can't be seen as a fair resolution to the issue at hand. Likewise, if you use hostile aggression to try to bully her into submission and to agree to your demands, then this can't be seen as fair either. Likewise, promises made under any type of duress may be considered unfair. For example, if a person is feeling a tremendous amount of anxiety driven by external pressures, then he or she might be making poor decisions and promises as the person may not really be able to think the whole issue through. Sometimes it's best to hold off pushing to make certain big decisions until the dust has settled and a more clear-minded place has been reached. Principle number six, natural duties. Separate from obligations, there are some natural duties that fall into the category of what would an equal moral person do. For example, we all have the natural duty to not be cruel to another and not to cause unnecessary suffering. We have the natural duty to help another who is struggling, provided this doesn't put excessive risk of loss to you. For instance, if helping the person means you'll be driven into bankruptcy, then you might have to try to find a less expensive way to assist. Principle number seven, civility. Your lovers, not fighters, partners, not enemies, team members, not adversaries. Otherwise, what's the point of being together in a so-called relationship if you're both constantly at each other's throats in a win-at-all-cost, ego and demon-dominated competition? Core to maintaining a cooperative playing field, one where you support each other through thick and thin, is to maintain civility toward one another. Of course, none of us are perfect, so there's a good chance that infractions to fairness will occur in a relationship. Perhaps the external forces are raising the anxiety levels to record highs. Regardless, you're on the same team supporting each other through whatever life situations happen to come your way. This means you're not attacking each other like starving Rottweilers sniffing red meat. You're also showing each other respect, even if you think the other person's point of view is just so whacked, you wonder if you're both from the same planet. Principle number eight, principles are known and agreed upon. Certainly principles aren't really worth much if both people don't know what they are and agree to them. This means that each person needs to know and accept the principles. Likewise, each person needs to know that the other person knows and accepts the same principles as well. Finally, the principles need to be followed. There's no point in having guiding principles if they aren't going to be put in practice, especially when times get tough. So those are the eight principles of fair cooperation. Before we move on to the kindness strategy number three, gratitude, let me share a personal story when I dated a woman where one might argue there wasn't much gratitude jingling around in the next episode, Merry Christmas. Oh.